Is the way Congress funds programs putting U.S. government IT at risk? And why it took Dropbox so long to recognize the severity of its breach? These stories are more coming up on the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. We start today's report on the way the U.S. federal government funds IT and IT security, processes the federal chief information officer contends makes critical information systems vulnerable. Federal CIO Tony Scott says the way Congress appropriates funds helped enable last year's breach of computers at the Office of Personnel Management. Hackers believe tied to the Chinese government pilfered some 21.5 million records from OPM, many containing the personal information of individuals with security clearances. Here's Scott speaking at last week's National Institute of Standards and Technology Symposium on Physical Cyber Trustworthiness. More cases than not, the amount of money that's in that budget for IT is a maintenance budget. It's enough money to keep going what you've got already. Now, if you're the CIO in the agency, let's say you have a really good idea for something that could be done better, what do you have to do? You have to go tin cup the programs that are in your agency. You have to hold out your begging cup and say, here, give me a little money out of your budget to go make these needed upgrades and improvements. And then you throw on top of that continuing resolutions, which essentially act as a bar to anything new that you might want to start. And what you have is a recipe for high cost, cost overruns, projects that can't be completed or are difficult to start. And indeed, in OPM, we found exactly that. We found there and across the federal government, when we looked at it, projects that could have been done in one or two years that were taking 10 years to do because they couldn't put together enough funding in one budget cycle or two budget cycles to do the needed work. And you know what happens in 10 years. Management changes, priorities change, talent changes, all kinds of things change. So any project that's going to take you 10 years to do probably is destined for failure. To address this weakness in funding, the Obama administration earlier this year proposed a $3 billion fund in which agencies would borrow money to upgrade their IT with a dividend of improved security. Efficiencies garnered from the new IT systems would be banked by agencies to pay back the loan. Still, he says he's hearing resistance to the proposal from some federal agency managers. Repayment is not the hard part. Getting management agreement to capture the savings and make the repayment is the hard part. Part of our evaluative process for what we're going to approve as successful projects for the ITMF are those that have an ability to execute the management commitment, a good business case, improve cybersecurity, all those kinds of things. But before agencies can borrow money from the Information Technology Modernization Fund, or ITMF, Congress needs to fund the initiative. Scott says he's optimistic that Congress will fund the program this year, either before the election or during the lame duck session. Even without the fund, he says, the federal government is encouraging agencies to consistently modernize their IT systems. It doesn't mean that everything is going to need to be done through ITMF, but what we're hoping is it can be a momentum starter for changing how we do IT in the federal government. And so what we're asking CIOs to do is have a plan for continuous modernization, not the one-time set-it-and-forget-it kind of thing. To hear more from federal CIO Tony Scott, go to govinfosecurity.com and keyword 
Tony Scott, and federal funding. It's an old saw, at least in internet years. There are two types of enterprises, those that have been hacked and those that don't realize they've been hacked. Now, amend that saying to add a third type of enterprise, those that know they've been hacked but don't realize its severity. That seems to be the case with cloud storage and filing sharing site Dropbox. To explain, I'm joined by Data Breach Today, Executive Editor Matt Schwartz. Hi, Matt. Hi, Eric. Dropbox in 2012 revealed a breach, but now reports are surfacing that there's more to the story. It's an interesting phenomenon. 2012 seems to have been a particularly bad year for a number of sites. We've belatedly found in recent months that not only Dropbox, but also LinkedIn and Last.fm are amongst the sites that were hacked several years ago or more, but which are only now apparently discovering that the breaches were much worse than they originally suspected. What happened with Dropbox? With Dropbox, the service detected that it was breached in 2012. It blamed the breach on an employee who had reused their corporate Dropbox password on other sites. It said that it had put security improvements in place. What Dropbox doesn't appear to have realized was that an attacker stole tens of millions of people's passwords. That's the bad part. The good part is that after the breach, Dropbox put in place two-factor authentication, which even if a person's Dropbox password gets stolen, if the two-factor authentication is activated, it means that an attacker cannot use the password. So that's a good move that Dropbox has had in place for about four years now. Why has it taken so long for organizations to understand the scope of these breaches? One potential explanation is that they took their eyes off the ball back in 2012 when it came to security, and it just wasn't a focus. It appears that these big breaches caused a lot of organizations to wake up after they had been breached and to put in place better security practices. That includes their passwords, such as Dropbox, were storing their passwords in unsecured ways. Since then, they've gotten better password security. A lot of sites have added two-factor authentication. By many measures, it seems that they're doing a much better job now with security. What can organizations do to learn of the extent of these breaches sooner than later? This obviously is an ongoing problem. Many organizations don't even know they've been breached. According to Mandiant, the median number of days that an organization is compromised before it's discovered the breach or been told that it was breached was 146 days. What we're seeing with these older breaches is they failed to appreciate the severity of the breach. Since then, some especially proactive organizations, when they do get breached, have been proactively requiring users to reset their passwords. That is probably a good step. And based on what we know about organizations typically or oftentimes underestimating breach severity, that's probably a practice that more organizations should be putting in place. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Eric. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. Some peculiar things are going on in East Asia, and ISMG Security and Technology Managing Editor Jeremy Kirk explains from his perch in Sydney, Australia. Something strange has been going on in Thailand and Taiwan. Crews of criminals have been conducting coordinated strikes on ATMs. From the outside, nothing looks that suspicious. Someone walks up to an ATM, inserts their card, and then later, banks discover the machines have been emptied. The ATM attacks have been costly. In Taiwan, First Bank lost $2.2 million in July, and in Thailand, $350,000 was stolen earlier this month. So what's going on? Investigators have found that the ATMs have malware installed. The malware gives the attackers full control over an ATM and offers a menu of options, including accessing the cash dispenser 
sensor. In the case of Thailand, which was hit earlier this month, the thieves authenticated themselves to the malware using a specially designed chip card which tells the malware, hey, I'm here, let's drain this machine. ATM malware has been around since 2009, but what is significant about the Taiwan and Thailand attacks is that both involve crews of criminals and well-timed strikes hitting ATMs that have been infected sometime before with malware. ATM manufacturer NCR says its machines in Thailand were infected through a malicious software update pushed from the bank's own network. Experts have warned that ATMs have long been a weak point in the banking infrastructure. The use of aging embedded versions of Windows XP is one major problem, although that's not exclusively to blame. Daniel Regalado is an expert in ATM malware with FireEye. He's watched for several years as hackers have refined their techniques for targeting older ATMs with weaker protections. The first thing we're seeing here is old, old ATMs, right? If you look at those ATMs, for sure those are going to be Windows XP versions of ATMs, old ATMs targeting countries like, you know, Mexico, Thailand, Ukraine, those countries which doesn't have, like, U.S., for example, that have the latest versions of software running and, and hardware. Just an hour before the Thailand thefts hit the news, Regalado noticed a new kind of ATM malware called Ripper. He believes Ripper may have been used in the attacks in Taiwan. The reason is that Ripper is actually compatible with the ATMs made by three different companies, including NCR. Ripper's developer made the malware compatible with a set of application programming interfaces called Extensions for Financial Services, or XFS. They're used by all ATMs for communicating with hardware such as pin pads and cash dispensers. Ripper uses its own XFS interface to talk with one inside an ATM. It means that Ripper is one-size-fits-all when it comes to attacking ATMs. ATMs are expensive to upgrade or replace. They're also quite finicky to securely configure. And if some banks haven't caught on by now that it's an important infrastructure, they're going to be caught out. Regalado expects more trouble. I don't see any way for them to stop them in those developing countries unless the vendors are doing something in order to stop those old ATM machines. To me, this is going to keep going in those different countries as we are seeing in Taiwan and Thailand. If you're in charge of a bank's ATMs, and especially in Asia, take heed. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Jeremy Kirk. Finally, the Romanian hacker known as Guccifer has been sentenced to serve 52 months in a U.S. federal prison. Among the victims of Marcel Leho Lazar were former Secretary of State Colin Powell and the sister of former President George W. Bush. Guccifer released emails and sensitive information from accounts, and in the case of Bush, photographs of self-portraits he painted, including one of himself in the bathtub. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.